What's shaking fire nation? JLD here and welcome to episode 1459 of EO Fire. Right out with today's most successful entrepreneurs 7 days a week and goals equal success fire nation and with the freedomjournal.com you'll be accomplishing your number one goal in 100 days. And now let's shout with today's featured guest Kimra Luna. Kimra, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, 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 I am. Kimra yes. is a personal branding and online business strategist for aspiring entrepreneurs who want more freedom. She went from raising her kids on welfare to taking her business from zero to almost one million in less than a year and then doubled that revenue by her second business birthday. Kimra, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us just a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, so I kind of started on this journey as a quote-unquote mommy blogger. So I had a vegan mom's blog about, and this was in 2013, and it was going really well, kind of building a lot of traction, a lot of following, and because it grew such a massive following so fast, um, people started asking me like, oh, how are you doing this? Like, show us how to like be better bloggers and all this stuff. And I was like, um, okay. And I started doing webinar presentations. And after the first webinar I did, I ended up scrapping my entire blog and I decided to create an entirely new business where I taught people all of the knowledge that was in my head about building an online business. And then it just started growing pretty rapidly at that point. Um, in May 2014, that's when my website, KimraLuna.com, launched, which is my personal brand. And I, um, within three months, I had already had a launch that was like 65000 in sales. Then I, shortly after that, I did like a Black Friday promo, made 40000 in sales. And then the most significant thing that happened was a few months after that, I did a launch of my program and I ended up making $750,000 in sales. And a lot of people are like, what? That's like a massive <laughs> jump. And it all happened. I mean, I was like that. Like I was like in bed and I was pregnant during this whole time too. So I was like in bed, like hugely pregnant during this launch. I was like seven months pregnant and I was laying in bed and I just couldn't believe how many sales were rolling in. I was like, this is insane. And they just kept coming. And after the baby was born, I decided to, you know, take some time off. So I took about three months off, spent that time really focusing on getting my story out there. So I hired a publicity coach, Selena Sue, and we started working on pitching to everywhere I possibly could, you know, podcasts like this, to magazines, everywhere, because I wanted to share my story so I can inspire more women, particularly moms. And then um, I ended up a year after that $750,000 launch, I ended up opening up the doors of my program again, exactly a year later, because I launched on my birthday. So exactly a year later, and I ended up making $1.2 million in sales. So it was pretty significant in the past two years. It 
kind of skyrocketed. Most of it was all built off of doing webinar presentations and utilizing Facebook ads. So I really focused on what my strengths were. I've been a Facebook lover forever. And I created a Facebook group called Freedom Hackers, which now has 30,000 people in the community of online business owners. And, you know, it was all about just building and building and building. And for some reason, I wanted to do it really fast. So I went on the route with Facebook ads and webinars, and it grew really quickly for me. So Fire Nation, you can see pretty quickly why I brought Kimra on the show. I mean, this is not just somebody who's walking the walk. I mean, she is generating the revenue. And that's the hardest piece about what we do is actually having people vote with their wallets, take out their hard-earned dollars, and actually pay for something. And guess what? She's found out what the secret is. You know, something that I've been pounding the drums on for four years. She's been talking about and crushing for a number of years now. Webinars. If you are going to make sales, you're going to do it best on live webinars. So get over whatever phobia you have and just get out there and start crushing that. Now, Kimra might disagree with this, but I personally consider us friends. You know, we had a great evening together in New York City with a bunch of other entrepreneurs to include Selena Sue and then myself and Kimra. We, you, you and me and one other person, Kimra, we were out the latest of that entire group. Are you proud of that? Yes, yes. I was well, and the funny thing is, is I was out late, but I'm not much of a partier. I think you partied a little harder than I did. I don't, I don't know what that means, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I was having some fun for sure. But no, we were just hanging out, having a good time, a lot of great conversations, and it was actually a uh, spring forward. So we looked at her watches. We're like, uh-huh. oh my god, it's actually an hour later than we even thought it was. And this yeah, is we again. lost an hour while we were partying. We lost an hour while we were partying, but you know what? It was a great time, and great friendships were formed during that time. And now I'm glad that bring. Kimra on because she has so many value bombs to drop. And specifically, Kimra, I would like you to maybe expound for a second. Share with my audience what you consider your biggest area of expertise is, and then give us two value bombs within that area that you think Fire Nation can really benefit from. Yeah. So my area of expertise, most people know me as is personal branding. So I help people who are growing personal brands, like people who want to offer some sort of services or potentially sell digital courses or eBooks. And one value bomb I can give is to always make sure that you understand your customer, like immensely understand them like so much to the fact that you understand every single need and want and desire they have in regards to either the service or product you want to create. I think a lot of people, they think, oh, I'm just really good at this. So I'm going to make a course about it. And then they're like, nobody's buying my course. Why is this not happening? And I say, well, it's not fulfilling a real need. And it has to be a strong need. There's people that buy things that they just want and like, look, you know, like, oh, that's like a shiny object and looks pretty and they buy it. But most people are going to buy something that's going to really solve a problem. And if you're not making a a product or service that's going to really solve a problem that's like pulling at people's heartstrings or pulling at something inside of them, their emotions, um, then your product is just going to flop. And it's and it's hard to come back from that sometimes when you are a personal brand because you release something out there and then like one person signs up and you're <laughs> like, uh, and you can be a little bit embarrassed. So really diving deep with the customer, interviewing them getting on Skype calls with them. I tell people all the time, people are like, 
you know, how did you know, like, how to create your program so that it would sell so well? And I said, well, I had a few clients and all of the questions that they were asking me and the struggles I saw them with, I was like, I can solve these inside of a program. And so I created it off of working with people. So I had to be connecting with people one-on-one. And then doing the webinar presentations did the same thing. The comments that people were chatting about inside of the webinar presentation gave me so many light bulbs of like, wow, these are the real things that they are struggling with. All the questions they're asking, I need to create content that's going to solve those problems for that people. So really, number one tip, be a problem solver extraordinaire. Um, and then number two is actually get in front of people. Um, being visible is what a lot of people are lacking. They're like, oh, like nobody is signing up for my program or nobody is buying my course. And then I'm like, yeah, because you only have 50 Facebook followers. Like you need to be in front of people. You're not in front of enough human beings. And if you don't have maybe a budget to do ads or you want to grow more organically, then it's going to take a little bit more time, which is okay. But you've got to be talking to people, getting in front of people. Nowadays, we have Facebook groups on every single sort of topic and you can find people in there who have the struggles that you're looking to solve and you can literally send them a Facebook message and be like, hey, I saw that you were struggling with this. I would love to to help you and support you. And I think sometimes people are afraid to reach out. And to me, social media has kind of brought down that barrier a little bit because now we're so connected with so many people. You don't have to go out on the street to try to find a client. You can literally log into Facebook and find them right there. So those are my two, those are my two uh, little knowledge bombs right there. Those are knowledge bombs in Fire Nation to kind of go over those real quick. Be a problem solver extraordinaire. I love that phrase, Kimra. And this is the reality that I found is that if you are not fulfilling a strong enough need, you'll know that because you can't pre-sell it. I'm a big believer in pre-selling a product before you've even created it. Because guess what? If it's a big enough need, you will be able to pre-sell that. If it's, if you can't, it's probably not a big enough problem. And then number two, Get in front of people, build your brand, build your audience, Fire Nation. Now, Kimra, you are on the cutting edge. I mean, you keep your finger on the pulse. You know what's going on. Things are changing so quickly. And speaking of change, what's something that you've actually changed your mind about in the last six months? Meaning, like, what's something that you used to believe just like, you know, four, six, eight months ago that you just don't believe anymore? One thing that's kind of shifted quite a bit is actually when it comes to the email list. And it's always been like the email list is the gold and the king. And what I have found out is my the only reason why my email list is so engaged is because I'm mixing it with my social media. I'm mixing it with my Facebook group. When there's like a really awesome posts that happens in my Facebook group, I email it out into my list to get the list more engaged on my social media. And I've been doing that for a while. And I had a lot of people just like, oh, you know, I don't need to spend time on social and things like that. And I'm like, but I find out when I'm not spending as much time on social, my list actually has lower open rates. And then when I'm way more active on social, they're opening my emails like crazy. So I feel like it kind of syncs together. And I think some people are still missing a little bit of that. They're missing like they, they need the action to be in both places, not exclusive the email list. They need to see your face on social media. Plus, 
it's, it's a more gentle touch on social media. Like if someone sees your Facebook ad coming across their feed and they already like you, they're not all upset that you like sent another email to their inbox. <laughs> they're just like, oh, okay, cool. They have, you know, some new free thing coming up or they just did a podcast interview or whatever and you're posting it on an ad or you have a new blog post or something. It's just right now, particularly in my industry, people are so bombarded with emails and it's actually refreshing for people to see your face somewhere else rather than just the inbox. I love that you said that because people are just pounding the table. Like you have to grow your email list. It's the only thing you own. It's your only sandbox. Like you can't, you know, you don't know what Facebook is going to do or Instagram or Snapchat. And, And we don't know what they're going to do. But the reality is, Fire Nation, when you hear so many people talking about the same thing, you know, I like that Mark Twain quote, is that when you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect because, hey, we need to actually get out of the majority sometimes. You know, we need to be outside of that box. You know, that's how people like Kimra and myself, you know, have been able to establish seven-figure businesses by not always going with the tide, by actually, you know, sometimes going against that tide. Now, Kimber, a lot of people are listening to you and they're like a $750,000 launch, then a $1.2 million launch just a year later. I mean, that's insanity. I mean, you know, I called you up and, you know, I was just like, oh my God, this girl's audio is horrible. But, you know, you had your fan on, your baby was screaming and you're just like, hey, to your nanny, like, go take the baby for a walk. And I was just like, oh, she's taking care of business. And then we get on this call and I'm just like, wow, this girl, like, she, she, she has it together. Like, she's doing her thing. She's living her life. She's a mother. She's an entrepreneur. She's doing what she needs to do. It didn't always have it this way. I mean, we talked very briefly, or actually we just mentioned from your intro about, you know, the fact that you were on welfare. Take us back to what you consider not your worst life moments, but your worst entrepreneurial moments. And tell us that story, Kimra. Kind of begins actually right when I graduated high school. I graduated high school in 2004 and I began booking concerts for a living. I started working for a venue full time as the head events coordinator and I was actually making some solid money by the time I was 19. I was actually made close to 100000 the year that I was 19 wow. years old. Um, so it was um, pretty significant and it was booking concerts and I mean because there was some concerts I'd make, I'd make like 10k in a night. So it just depend on, on who I booked and, and how well the concert went. And so I did really, really well in that, in that industry. And I was living in Idaho. I'm born and raised in Idaho. And I ended up moving to California because I wanted to keep kind of pursuing this booking agent thing. And I moved to California, started traveling with a lot of punk rock bands, worked with some pretty big labels over there. And then the economy tanked Mm. in 2008, 2009. And people were not going to concerts. Like it was like pulling teeth to get people to go to concerts. You could do a concert for $5 and there wasn't people going. Like it was insane. And at the same time, I had been with my husband for about two years at the time. I ended up pregnant with my first son. So I was like, okay, it's this seems to me like a sign I need to get out of this industry right now. You know, like it's, it's not going upwards and the industry has still been, had it rough since then. And it's been quite a long time and they've still been having it pretty rough. Um, but it was kind of the time for me to be like, okay, I need to, I need to get out of this industry. So, you know, I started looking for jobs. My husband was like looking for jobs, but because the economy was so bad in California, 
We ended up on living on welfare. We ended up moving into my in-laws' house. Luckily, my in-laws were able to stay afloat during this time, even though they ended up going significantly in debt because they lost multiple um, homes that they owned. But we were so grateful. We were able to have a roof over our head um, during this time. So my first son was born. We're on welfare. And I tried everything I could possibly do. I was doing Etsy shops. I, w- I mean, anything I could possibly do to like make extra money, I was doing. Because I had applied for hundreds of jobs and no one would hire me. I think eventually, yeah, I did get one job for a short amount of time at like a frozen yogurt shop making minimum wage, which of course still didn't get me off of welfare. And my husband, he didn't have a lot of experience. He didn't graduate college. And so both of us just had a really rough time. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Like, my second son was born, and I'm just like, we have to do something. Like, I don't want to live this life anymore. And my husband and I had already been reading business books and personal development books the entire time. I'm like, who on welfare is, like, reading, like, Law of Attraction books? <laughs> like, nobody. Nobody's reading these types of books when they're on welfare. So we're reading these books, and we're like, we know that there is something. And I'm on Facebook. And I see one of my friends say, there's some jobs for men in North Dakota. So we're living in California and there's jobs in North Dakota. And I guess there was a big oil boom in North Dakota. So basically, if you were a dude, you can get a job up there. So I was like, all right, like I'm going to talk to my husband and see what he thinks. And I was like, hey, there's all these jobs up there. They're really high paying jobs. Like this could be like our way out of this situation. And he's like, All right. Within two weeks, he was up in North Dakota working and me and my two my two boys stayed living at my in-laws house. And my husband was in North Dakota working for six months. And finally, he was like, "Okay, I know you're not going to want to move to North Dakota. So do you want me to come back to California? Do you want me to keep this career at FedEx and like maybe move somewhere else? And I was like, "Okay, let's move somewhere else. So we ended up moving to Virginia where I had no friends, no family, nothing, but we were finally going to be off of welfare. Like we were able to get a used car. We were able to actually rent our own apartment. And so I was like, okay, we're moving up in the world. Like, let's do it. We moved to Virginia. And that's actually when I started becoming like this bored housewife, (laughs) quote unquote, bored housewife. And that's actually when I started my mommy blog. So I went from being on welfare becoming a bored housewife when we got off of welfare and telling my husband, I would like to use our tax return to buy an iMac. He's like, why do you want to buy an iMac? Oh, so I can start a mommy blog. I didn't even know how to use a freaking iMac. Like I never even owned one before. Like I'm like, I don't even know how to use this computer, but I'm going to figure out how to do this blogging thing because I followed a lot of blogs like on my phone. Like I had the Pinterest app on my phone and I would follow all these like food blogs and mommy blogs and stuff. And you know, I was like, I want to do one of these. Like, I can I can write this stuff. Like, I can make YouTube videos. And I ended up having a YouTube channel. I had, like, 25,000 subscribers to my YouTube channel. I had um, my Pinterest account was just blowing up. I had some of my pins on Pinterest having over 20,000, 30,000 repins. Um, it was, I mean, it was crazy. But it was all through just me sharing the stuff that I loved. I was just like, oh, I want to share all this mommy stuff, you know, and pictures of the kids. And I would just, I used my iPhone to make all my videos and even 
edit any of them. I just like held up my phone. I'm going to talk to my phone and post them on YouTube and, you know, and, and it just grew. And that was so much fun for me. And then that's what led me into wanting to teach all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, but let me kind of break in here, Kimra, because that's where I want to maybe challenge you a little bit, because maybe you're going to disagree. Maybe you're going to agree with me. But, you know, I hear you talk, you know, about the 20,000 repins and 25,000 subscribers on YouTube. And these are all great numbers and great things. Unfortunately, what I see in the entrepreneurial world is a lot of people just get stuck there or they stop there or they're just happy with that and they never ever have any kind of a revenue generating program, which you have just crushed, you know, with your two launches and you continue to do these great things. So how did you take just those vanity metrics, which is really all they are, by Mm -hmm. the way, until you turn them into something meaningful, which is money. How did you take those vanity metrics and turn it into a real business? Yeah. Well, the one thing that I realized with my audience that I had built is they weren't buyers. They were people that liked my content and they loved what I had and they shared my content, but they weren't necessarily people that wanted to buy from me. And And a lot of people live in that world forever, though. mm -hmm. Yeah, they stay in it. So so what I did is I, you know, I started researching like, okay, what about if I sold online courses? Like, do do people that sell these online courses, like, do they really make money? Like, how does that work? And I started really diving into podcasts like yours. And I started listening to podcasts for over 10 hours a day. I just listened to all of them because I was like, what are these online business people doing to make money? Like, what is going like they're doing something. At like, least you are asking the question. I mean, yes, I was like, there's people making money. Like, I really want to make money. I want to retire my husband. I want him to be at home with me. And my only goal was to make like five thousand a month because I was like, if I can make five thousand dollars a month, like my husband wouldn't have to work. We could be at home. We could be chill. It'd be awesome. Like I didn't, I like I didn't even have these massive goals or anything, and which m- cracks me up now because I'm like, <laughs> wow, I was really dreaming real small there, right. wasn't I? But you know, I was just like, there has to be a way to make money. So I started, you know, doing more research and like, okay, those people, they're kind of like coaches and they work one on one with people. And there's people that sell all these digital courses, and so I was like, oh, I think I'll go the digital courses route. I ended up having clients anyway because people just wanted to work with me, so they were like practically ba- like I never even did like you know the discovery calls with people. People just wanted to work with me. They're like sending me messages. I want to hire you. Okay. So I just worked with people and it was all because I just started sharing. I started giving lots of value to people and helping people as much as I could. I had no clue it was going to grow so fast. I was like, I'm just going to help people, help people, help people, and just keep on doing that until there's people that want to buy from me. And that's what ended up happening. So Fire Nation, I really hope that you're seeing that Kimra, she wasn't just going to sit back and let those vanity metrics like rule her life. She was saying, I'm going to get out there and learn from those people who are making money, who are generating revenue. So, you know, I'm sure she saw like Pat Flynn's income reports and maybe even like, you know, back in 2012 when we started publishing our income reports and she's like, okay, now I'm like seeing how people are actually doing this and making money. How can I apply this to my skill set, to my audience? And again, that's always going to be with talking to your audience, asking them, what are you struggling with? Listening to their pain points, challenges, struggles, and then providing them solutions in the forms of product services communities. Now, Kimber, you have been doing nothing but dropping value bombs, girl, this entire interview. And Fire Nation, don't go anywhere because after the lightning round, we're going to do just that. We're going to take a quick minute first to thank our sponsors. 
If you're a marketer focused on helping local businesses, then one of the most high-pressure situations you'll find yourself in is being able to show them results. It's a terrible feeling when you've worked so hard only to find yourself and your clients let down. That's why I'm excited to share a free training with you from my friend Billy Jean, where he's going to show you the best-performing Facebook and Instagram ads created by his very own agency. Billy Jean has worked with some of the largest franchises in the world and has spent millions of dollars figuring out exactly what what works, and what doesn't work. From dentists to personal trainers to chiropractors to real estate agents, he's helped them all, and he's going to show you exactly how he gets them results. Visit DeliverROI.com to sign up for this free training. That's DeliverROI.com. What do you think about when you hear the word innovation, continuous improvement, or perhaps you think about the tools and companies who help us move our business forward? Whether you have a small business that's looking to grow or you're established and ready to take the next step, the HP Business Line is for you. Within the HP Business Line, you'll find everything you're looking for, from equipment with elegant designs that are rugged and travel-tested to the perfect device for any occasion, on the go or in the office. Plus, HP offers industry-leading security with up to a three-year warranty and 24-7, 365 free customer support. Get free professional advice and anytime support from the ones who know HP products best. Right now, you can get an exclusive offer, 30% off select HP business products. Just visit hp.com slash on fire and enter the code fire at checkout. That's hp.com slash on fire, code fire to get 30% off select HP business products. Kimra, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I most certainly (laughs) hope so. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Nothing, actually. I've been entrepreneurial since I was a little kid. So it kind of just took a while to find the thing, the quote unquote thing that I was best at. And once I discovered what my strength was, I just went straight for it. So nothing held me back, I don't think. What's the best advice you've ever received? Take the free money. And this was given to me by my film teacher in high school. And he's like, if somebody is giving, offering something for free, take it, but actually utilize it, like use it. And I think the reason why I was able to learn so much from like, you know, podcasts that I listen to or like free webinars that I watch because I didn't have money to buy a lot of online courses. I didn't have a business coach before I started. Like I didn't have the money to do that. We were just paying bills. I listened to the free stuff and I applied every single freaking thing I could possibly apply. And that's how I was able to have results. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Not giving a what anybody thinks about me period. What is an internet resource like Evernote that you just love and can share with Fire Nation? Oh my gosh. Evernote's my favorite one. But uh, (laughs) I would say number two would be Slack. I'm kind of obsessed with Slack. I have a team of 13 people now. So it really, really helps when it comes to the communication back and forth with each other. You know, we have like a channel where we post like all of our links for particular like shows or things that I'm doing. And it's just, uh, it's amazing if you're a person that doesn't want to be in your email inbox all day. So use Slack. If you could recommend just one book, what would it be and why? The Desire Map by Danielle Laporte. That book really changed my entire outlook on my life and where I was going. And it 
actually is what helped me make the decision to leave my mommy blog and start my current business um, because it's all about going towards the things that you want to feel. And when I discovered like, oh, I really want to feel this particular way, but my mommy blog isn't making me feel that way, it's time to move on. And so I really recommend the book, The Desire Map. Kimra, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance, a best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. So the best way to connect with me is my brand spanking new website called freedomhackers.com. And there you can find amazing freebies to help you grow your online business. And that parting piece of guidance. Focus on your strengths and just be yourself. It doesn't matter what anybody around you is saying. It really just matters on you following your heart and focusing on what you really care about and focus on serving others. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with KL and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Kimra in the search bar. Her show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. Best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And Kimra, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Fire Nation, hope you enjoyed our chat with Kimra today, and I have created a quick and powerful tutorial for you on Snapchat, on Instagram stories, Facebook Live, you name it. Check it out at skillsonfire.com. I'll see you there, or I'll see you on the flip side. Whether you have a small business that's looking to grow, or you're established and ready to take the next step, the HP Business Line is for you. Right now, you can get an exclusive offer. 30% off select HP Business products. Just visit hp.com slash onfire and enter code FIRE at checkout. That's hp.com slash onfire, code FIRE, to get 30% off select HP Business products. Join Billy Jean on his free training as he shows you the best performing Facebook and Instagram ads that he uses to get his clients results. Visit deliverroi.com.